This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. <laughs> Sorry, I just like, the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You have to really like move your mouth around it. <laughs> Scott Parker eats Weetabix on Wednesdays. Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me as always is my co-host Chuck Bailey, and with me as sometimes is super producer Ian Stimson. Is that gonna stick? (laughs) At least for now. With you as sometimes. I mean, technically I should intro it to both of you as with me as sometimes. Well, Chuck, you are always with me. You're just here sometimes in addition to me. And in your heart. And in my heart. And in my bum sometimes as well. Sorry, I just started thinking of Tarzan. Did you just say something crude while I was thinking of Tarzan? (laughs) No, I didn't. Not at all. Definitely not. I'm here singing Phil Collins' rendition of the theme from Tarzan, and you're talking about things living in bums, and I'm not down with that. (laughs) Okay. Adrian's Phil Collins. Well, you don't know. Don't speak for him. True, true. Yeah. Who knows? It's 2019. Lots of people like a finger in the bum. I'm just saying. I wasn't judging Phil Collins for that. <laughs> just for everything else. <laughs> yeah. You kind of look like Phil Collins, actually. I never thought about oh, that. Oh, fuck it. This is unbelievable. Have you gotten that before? No. <laughs> I'm just saying, it doesn't. you don't not look like him. You don't just <laughs> see a white man with a receding hairline and say it's Phil Collins, okay? Ian is... Much more follically gifted than Phil, because Phil went bald at about the age of 12. It is just simply that he's wearing some headphones that look way too big. <laughs> is that what it is? Those are nice headphones. What are you working with there, Ian? Those are good headphones. This is what the people want. Some AKG ones. Yeah, they're quite nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a uh, pop filter for my microphone so I can go, Peter Piper pooped his pants. And then it sounds crystal clear. I mean, the the original rhyme has got lots of P's as well. You didn't need to change it. Well, I don't know the other one. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, fine. I think there's a pickle somewhere or some yeah. peppers. Peter Piper or... picks a peck of pickle peppers. Is he having a party at the pepper? Party in the pants. Pants store. Party <laughs> with the pants. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we are miles offside. This is uh, Never, this really. a long-winded way of getting in. We're like... <laughs> Um, Three minutes. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. If you're new, if you're old, thank you for coming back. We love you. We're going to rock through some news stories, talk about the title race, take a quick break, come back, do some listener stuff, and call it a day. So without any further ado, let's get right into it with our rapid, rapid, rapid fire news. Leeds 1, Aston Villa 1. In the championship, getting right to it with the big matches. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see what happened in this match? Um, it might have come up once or twice. It might <laughs> have done a few rounds of social media and news outlets. I mean, what a bizarre situation. Yeah, so for our listeners that don't necessarily know what we're talking about, let me just read the first like little bit of the story. We're from talking me. to you eight Virginians. 
Yeah. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> an entertaining and even game, which confirmed automatic promotion for Sheffield. Oh, Dave will be happy. Will be remembered for wrong, the 70... Wrong Sheffield. Oh. Wrong Sheffield. Nah, it's, it's all the same. Uh, will be remembered for the 72nd, 72nd minute goal that sparked an already passionate encounter into a total loss of tempers at Ellen Road. Leeds initially opted to play on following a challenge by home defender Liam Cooper, which left Villa striker Jonathan Codia not sure, sure. on the floor, uh, then appeared to be ready to put the ball out. So basically, guy gets fouled. They slow down like they're going to put it out. Once everyone, once the defense like stops moving and is like, oh, okay, cool, it's going to be a break and play. They play it through. This guy just runs and scores a goal, and then all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks Chaos loose. Yeah, basically. Ensues. Then on the kickoff, the manager for Leeds is like screaming at his players, being like, "Give them the goal! Let them score! Let them score! Give them a goal!" So they're allowed to run through almost unchallenged. Emphasis <laughs> on almost because one prick of a defender was like, "Hey, I'm not fucking having that." Right, the captain, uh, Jensen. Yeah, Jansen. Vincent Jensen. Not Vincent Jensen. Oh, uh, different Jensen? Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have a slightly different view on this, because you're saying one prick of a defender. Oh. The thing is, when you watch it, so there's a an injury, but it's not a head injury. It's definitely a genuine injury, because the guy has to leave after get substituted afterwards. So it's a genuine injury, but he's not broke his leg or anything, and it's not a head injury. The referee doesn't stop play. The Leeds player who gets the ball does slow down a little bit, but not a massive amount. It's not, you know, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he was just taking stock and whatever. Plays on. The Aston Villa players all just stop. Now, you play till the whistle, don't you? Correct. Yes. Right. So the Aston Villa goalie still attempts attempts to save. It's not like everyone has just completely stopped. No, and it's still a good strike. It's a good goal. It was a good shot. Yeah, yeah, and th- yeah. Then it goes. Then it goes crazy because the uh, an Aston Villa player like literally grabs the guy who scored immediately. A brawl in inverted commas starts because uh, an Aston Villa player El Ghazi gets sent off for. Well, I think the linesman suggested this to the ref that he raised his hands to Patrick Bamford. Prick. <laughs> well, former Chelsea prick. Former Palace prick. Total prick because he completely dives having not been touched or certainly not touched in the face. Massive and prick. And he goes down like he's been shot in the face. So, Elgar, well, that red card has now been rescinded. Good, rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. And Patrick Banford's been charged with deceiving the referee. With deceiving all of us into thinking he's a football player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> prick. But, yeah, I mean, this... Like you say, this was not an unimportant game. I mean, Leeds needed to win to keep automatic promotion alive. And Bielsa's telling them to let them have a goal. And I don't think they needed to do that. Well, they didn't need to, no. And Do you think they should have? I think it's such that with, with all the craziness that kind of went on. I mean, I, I agree with you completely in principle, like... And and what's really weird is the day before this happened, because this happened on the Sunday, on the Saturday, I was with my dad and we were having this exact conversation about what should happen in this situation. Because right. something kind of like this has happened in a Scandinavian league before where effectively from a drop ball, they've kicked it back to the keeper. The wind's caught the ball and it's bounced over the keeper's head and ended up going in. And so the other team has just let them score a goal. So 
there's kind of the president with this within European football. And obviously, Bielsa's only been over here for this season, so we're not sure how things are there. With oh, with Peterborough scored three two. I'm sorry. Peterborough played a must-win game against Portsmouth to keep our playoff hopes alive. What's the time? 15 minutes left. Ooh. Come on, Posh. I'm sorry, Chuck. Go on. No, just completely lost my train. Um, yeah, so so we were talking about the day before about these these kind of fair play situations. And I think that's the, that's the main thing. I think if the referee had got involved or blown the whistle, which he rightfully can do and and you've seen on many occasions that when a different team has moved on with possession he has and he had a long time to do that a very long time because it's not like the ball broke very quickly no he had a good 10-15 seconds as you said the Leeds player is just kind of standing there like well I'm not really sure what's going on and he doesn't he doesn't really seem to like simulate he's going to kick it out and then kick it a different way he he just sort of slows down a bit assesses the situation well it's he's not broke his leg it's not a head injury I'm playing on yeah, and so I don't think I think in that instance you can't fault what Leeds really did. Um, whether or you know, obviously the ensuing brawl is, you know, it's well brawl inverted commas. Yeah, um, <laughs> is is kind of irrelevant and beyond any sort of analysis like that. Shit just shouldn't happen, regardless. And then Bielsa, you know, I can, I can appreciate that as a as a gesture of goodwill for the whole situation like that's it's a really bizarre way of looking at it especially with a game so important but I think that's important I think that's amazing from him to show to just do that and give the goal away to Villa Villa who have been pushing massively for promotion as well lead to are in the race to to get the automatic promotion as well however they've probably also seen they're down to 10 men I kind of fancy us here to maybe nick another goal which obviously didn't happen in the end, but it is, it is but they only so have bizarre. 15 minutes left, and Aston Villa weren't in the race for automatic promotion. Not for automatic, but they're still gunning for promotion. Yeah, but they're already safely, I think, in the playoffs. I think if I was a Leeds fan, I would be absolutely fuming. Yeah, I mean, it really shows that he also hasn't been there that long because he's not embracing the culture of a scumbag, dirty <laughs> Leeds that try to cheat and play as disgustingly as possible at all times. Like, if he had been there for another, maybe, you know, this was his second or third year in charge. Yeah. You know, really clearly that would go down in a different way. But like Chuck said, it's his first year, so he has no idea what the culture is. (laughs) Clearly. I mean, it's vaguely impressive that he got 10 of the players. 10 of them. To to, to go along with it. I think for me, there's a difference between, like, Clearly, the rules of the game, like the ref isn't required to blow if it's not a head injury. He hadn't blown you play to the whistle, blah, blah, blah. But like, there's a difference between that and like just clearly doing something dirty, even if it's not against the rules. Like, everyone stopped. It They fully stopped. And I think actually I was just watching it again while Chuck was talking. And like, it looks like he goes to kick it sort of out the guy that plays the quote unquote pass. And then it's the winger that's like, oh, you know what? I can do something with this. Like the winger is the one that really took the initiative there. Like the, the pass didn't look to me when I was just watching it again, like an actual intentional pass. It looks more like he's playing it to the corner. Yeah. As opposed yeah, to exactly. a player. He's like, Oh, this is clearly over. I just still, I still think it's on the Aston Villa players to not just shut down. Well, also for a completely separate issue is that the goal was offside. <laughs> like oh, was it? if there was VAR, it wouldn't have stood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because everyone is just like such a mad situation that no one even noticed that. So like, yeah, no, I did. I did not clock that at all. Well, I mean, okay. Well, based on the fact that it, 
the two of you seem to be leaning the other way. I'm willing to accept that there's a grey area, but it's still it still amazes me that in such an important game, Beals would do that. And I don't think they had to do it. Uh, so is your issue with them scoring that goal in like a grey area, dirty sort of way? Or is it that then they came back and let Villa score? No, like I, think, what, I think... Where's your issue? I think the, the grey area is whether they were wrong to score the goal. Okay. Um, because, like I say, yeah, I I think you can pretty quickly assess on field, be it, be you a player or a referee, I think you can pretty quickly assess whether a player needs treatment in the next 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy for the chaos of it all, and it's good to see John Terry on the telly as well again. <laughs> yeah, well, that was weird as well, because John Terry seemed to be going, after the after they'd let him score, John Terry seemed to be going, yeah, fair enough, fair enough, and Bielsa was still screaming at him. <laughs> I was like, well, hang on, what? Well, well yeah, yeah, Terry, after he'd let the goal in, was just telling him to fuck off. Oh, was he? I thought, I thought, was, I thought it bizarre. looked like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes story number one of our rapid <laughs> <I'm sorry>. fire news. <laughs> True to form. So moving on, we have Manchester United are considering Rio Ferdinand for the technical director slash director of football role. What the fuck are they doing? <laughs> are they better off with no one or with Rio Ferdinand? Are they trying to just burn it down from the inside? Is that proven director of football, Rio Ferdinand? Yeah. Oh, give it Giggsy. Yeah, I'm in a weird position to say anything because, like, right now Chelsea are talking to Petr Cech about that same job. <laughs> so, okay. oh, oh no, pot kettle black. Yeah, I mean, we haven't had anyone for a couple of years, so like maybe someone it would be good. What is it with clubs and just sort of desperate to get old players back in backroom roles? Just it's no good. Got an ex goalkeeper as a director of football as well. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be one thing if it was, like, Lampard, who has, like, literally a genius-level IQ, but, like, yeah. Petrchek's just, like, a chill dude who plays the drums and is and wears a helmet. Like, <laughs> I love Petrchek, but I don't know. I mean, like who knows? Like in FIFA, is he going to be going into the meetings with the helmet? And... He will always be wearing the helmet. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Yeah. That's just... I don't even... No, no. <laughs> I don't know what to, how to react to that, Rio being a potential director of football. Is there any defense of it? Is there anything, no, like, even if you're just no. playing devil's advocate, is there anything that you're like, you know what, from this perspective, I can no. see what they're going for, I can see it? No. Has he had, uh, since, other than punditry, has he had any backroom job? Or Not to my knowledge, no. And I don't even want to Google it or dignify it with that as <clears> such. Yeah, not generally, like, searching for football player backroom job. Yeah, fair it enough. Turns up very different results than what you're, <laughs> what I think you guys are looking for, so... All right, well, moving right along, gentlemen, Raheem Sterling Watch. Sterling Watch. Guess what he's done this week? Um, Drowned a kitten. He has stolen an award from young players in England. How dare he? How dare he? You mean to say that an award that fully by the rules he is qualified to be an entrant of and a recipient of, he had the audacity to win it based solely on his ability alone. Is this what you're trying to tell me? Unbelievable. Oscar, 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 is this what you're trying to tell me? That is exactly what I'm trying to tell you, Chuck. Can you believe it? I completely can. (laughs) (laughs) I heard he punched Phil Foden's mum and nicked it off her. Probably. So (laughs) we're referring to the... Player of the Year awards from the Professional Footballers Association meant City forward Raheem Sterling wins the Young Player of the Year, qualifying by the nature of the 
date on which he was born <laughs> and being the best young player in the league. Uh, and then uh, Virgil van Dyke won the award for the senior players or the, the, all of the players for which Raheem Sterling was also nominated. Should have given it Mustafi. Better on stats. <laughs> for who? <laughs> Yeah, what stats? It's done the round on the Twitters that if you look as stat by stat, Mustafi has outperformed Virgil van Dijk this year. On what stats? I don't know. Google it. Twitter. <laughs> Google oh, fuck it. off. Stop making me do the work when you're making an outrageous claim. Stop being on Arsenal Twitter. It's not a good place. <laughs> I you can't. Get bad opinions we did, we let Adam on and it's... It, it's well, got into your head. Through, I'm through the looking glass here, guys. Um, so clearly Sterling de- deserves the Young Player Award. Like, that's without question. We we last week talked about how, like, maybe they should change it as far as who gets qualified and how. I think it could be one of those years that kind of highlights that enough that they're like, yeah. okay, maybe 23. Simply because, you know, if you look at the way footballers are perceived nowadays, 23 is, like, kind of seen as prime. Like, if you haven't made it by 23, yeah. you're never going to. Yeah, statistically, their prime begins at twenty five. So if you're not like really getting close by twenty three, you're not gonna you're not gonna be there. Yeah, and peak is like twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, twenty five to twenty seven is like is the peak, I, except for defenders, which are later and blah 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 blah. But I want to take it though. I want to switch the conversation to the Van Dyke Award. What do we think about a defender, and specifically a defender on Liverpool, being the winner of the award over? One of the three people nominated from City, who we'll talk about later, are looking more and more likely to actually secure the title. Do you think Van Dyke should have won it? I think, especially in a season like this, where there's two teams that are doing so well, it's very hard to pin it on one person. And so I think they probably wouldn't want to give a clean sweep with young persons and regular. But I think as... As an individual that you can say came into a team and just made a world of difference, I, I think Van Dyke kind of hits the nail on the head there for me because he's just been immense. And him, as well as obviously Allison, but he won't, you know, a goalkeeper, it's not impossible for them to win one of these awards mm-hmm. unless you're literally making eight game save game winning saves every game um and obviously Allison doesn't have that because he's called upon very little because Van Dyke is just so good so good that it never looks like he runs it never really looks like he has to do anything but he's just in command and aware of everything that's going on and more impactful in a way you, you know because if you look at Mo Salah yeah Salah had an amazing season last year but Liverpool still ship a ton of goals so you can't say that Van Dyke's input isn't technically as good as what Mo Salah's done at the other end of the pitch, and so I, yeah, I, I can I can get on board with Van Dyke. His positional play is really good, and it's something that Liverpool always were a little bit headless chicken at the back. Yep, and Van Dyke is absolutely not that. He's always in control, knows knows where he needs to be. There's obviously this stat that's been doing the rounds that um, no players dribbled past him in the last 12 months in the Premier League. That's and that's fucking amazing. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So his impact on Liverpool's defence, and especially with clean sheets being an absolute like premium this season, has been immense. So yeah, I'm perfectly happy for a defender to get some credit for once. And I think uh, the sort of flip side of that being that with City. There isn't one. Certainly, there's no new player. Yeah, and there, and even then, they really share 
the burden significantly more than Liverpool. Well, they've got such a, so much of a larger squad than Liverpool. Right. And so you see like Bernardo Silva, Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero being nominated. And you even within those three, like it's hard to pick out or make an argument for one of them being better than the other two necessarily. Yeah. Like I could definitely hear. The, so they sort of cancel each other out, I think. And so if you're giving an individual player award, it does make sense to me to give it to a Liverpool player because there are more standout individuals there, whereas City is just like across the 11, they're all doing important things. And so from that sense, it does. And like Ian said, you know, clean sheets are such a premium. That sort of is a natural transition to our next story. Allison, who is also a new player and I think also a big part of like organizing their defense, the two of them really seem to sort of take it in turns. He becomes only the fifth goalkeeper to keep 20 clean sheets in a Premier League season. Um, so he has 20. Obviously, there's still a couple matches to play. Um, Pepe Reina did it twice. Peter Schmeichel. Peter Schmeichel. See, I can't say that name correctly anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he's really ruined it for you. Yeah. And then Edwin van der Sar with 21. And Petr Cech with 24 clean sheets in that ridiculous 0405 season. Yeah, I was going to say, Petr Cech definitely did. Yeah, he had the 24. That that season, I think Chelsea conceded 12 goals the entire season. Jeez. So. And, I, and it does remind me, looking at that back of those two guys, it reminds me of like when I first came into football. We were talking about that last week with Van der Sar and Vidic and Ferdinand running the show at United and at Chelsea, Petr Cech and John Terry. So make them all the sporting directors. That's what <laughs> yeah, you're saying. Make them all joint, joint directors Sarr, of football. Vidic and Ferdinand. It just feels like there's been a long time since there was like a keeper and center back that organize a defense and are so fucking good. Like, we haven't had that in the league in a while, I think. Certainly since, like, at least from a Chelsea perspective, since Czech and Terry stopped doing that and just started getting old. And mm. since Vidic and Ferdinand and Van der Sar. Like, De Gea is the best. Last, last season, De Gea was the best single-season keeper that I've ever seen. And that I think most people statistically would say has been seen. So, if he, But, like, he didn't really have someone in front of him. No, they chopped and changed their centre-backs, didn't they? Yeah, and this feels like a very, very strong combination. So, I yeah, I don't know. Van Dyke makes sense to me. All right, and to take it to our next story, have you guys heard about the situation with the Bolton players recently? I know, Chuck, you were vaguely aware of it. mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I knew that they, obviously they're going through some financial hardships and Ian had mentioned that they were they were relegated. And obviously there's, there's a thing came out where the, the players had said they basically weren't going to play kind of in, in protest until they got paid. Yeah, I have the statement in front of me. That's kind of the story I'm getting towards, although it seems like it might be a developing situation. But as recent, the last thing I heard was this statement from the players saying the long running financial crisis at our club has been well documented, as has the fact that we, the playing staff, has yet to, have yet to receive our March salaries. Five of our coaching staff are also yet to be paid for the month of March. We have endeavored to continue our training and playing commitments during this extremely difficult time with seemingly no resolution in sight. We thought that the prospective takeover of the club would provide a solution, but difficulties in its completion has left us no further forward. This situation is creating mounting mental, emotional, and financial burdens for people through no fault of their own. It goes on and on and on. And then here's the meaty part. With deep regret, we have decided not to fulfill our remaining fixtures unless we are paid. We understand that this will disappoint our fans. And for this, we sincerely apologize. We realize this may be seen as drastic action, but we feel we have no other options left. I mean, fair enough. Fair. It's it's hard to argue with any of that. I mean, not being paid for two months. And I know footballers are paid a lot, but... It's irrelevant. It is irrelevant because you live to your means and we're not talking about, like... Oh, fucking brilliant. 
Peter have won. Yay. Oh, yeah. thank God. Thank <laughs> God. It's going down to the final day. Final day, day of the season for the playoffs. We still need Doncaster to slip up, slip up on the final day, but fuck me, get in. Right, sorry. Yes, <laughs> you live to your means, don't you? So, I mean, you know, they two months without being paid is two months too too many. Um, and there are coaching staff involved as well who in that statement. So they're presumably not on massive wages and maybe the players are sort of striking for them as well, you know. It's, mm. yeah, it's two months is not good. No, and I, I think that it, the amount you get paid is irrelevant. If you're it not is. getting paid to do the job, yeah. don't do it. You know, if if someone told me, oh, by the way, we're not going to pay you for the last two months, like, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. And you see tons of things, especially in sort of uh, Ian kind of in your industry with media and freelancing and that kind of thing. And as well with advertising and designers and that kind of stuff, musicians, even all these people that say like, oh, we'll give, you know, free publicity or we'll give you this. So it's like, well, I'm not getting paid for it. Well, I don't want to do the job. And you're seeing more and more of that. So I don't believe for one second the fact that someone is because someone is a professional footballer that they, you know, and they earn tens, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever it is a week, that they should just grin and bear it because of that. It's ridiculous that in 2019, in this country, that we have to go to this. You know, we we laugh about, and we have done at the very beginning of the season, about Serie B teams in Italy where just teams go bankrupt. So that's it. There's just 17 teams in the league this season because they just don't have someone to fill that space. And you laugh about that as, oh, second division Italy thinking it's like this weird off concept that can never happen here, but it, it happens here. And so if that means potentially that Bolton could end up going out of business and disappearing, it's, it's very sad and it's yeah mental that this situation unfolds. Yeah, and at the very least, they are confirmed to be relegated. And I just checked on the BBC website and the match that was supposed to be played this weekend has been called off. Right. Um, and there seems to be some sort of developing situation. I didn't fully understand it, but I think there's some sort of financial proposal. I was going to say, last I read, the league were trying to force them to play, saying that they should, they've got enough registered players, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but... because there was meant to be a buyout. There right. was, they were meant to be bought by someone. There was something in that was being arranged, but then I think it fell through kind of an 11th hour kind of thing, which the wage situation was meant to be helped out by that. Right. Evidently, that was kind of the first thing, but through whatever reason it just didn't happen maybe the relegation came into it as well and so it's it's a bit crap and i suppose i mean the fa have got to probably take a fair share because we've heard loads about this fit and proper persons test that you're supposed to be taking before you can buy a club make sure you're financially solvent and able to do it well you know this is happening way too often isn't it so there's there's a lot of problems but i don't think any of them are the players to be honest no fair play to the players i think well, I mean, the players were shit because they got relegated. So. <laughs> like, would they have still been? Would they have gone on strike if they were second in the league? That's a that is a good point. Sure. No, just to completely counter everything I said. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but fine. no, irrelevant. The situation they're in. No, fair play. I I do the exact same if it was my job. So. All right. Well, we should probably wrap it up there. Uh, 40 minutes of rapid fire news later. It won't be 40 when I cut it down. It'll be about five. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in straight into the title race. We had a big match last week with City playing United. Everyone was billing that as the title deciding match, even though United aren't the ones in the title race. But And, and they fucking suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the result there being 2-0, although, Chuck, to your comment, it was actually 0.5 to 0.5 on XG. So 
a very, very good performance from United defensively, yeah, which like... but it's also 15 points out of 15 for Man City and 4 out of 15 for Man United, so... Yep, yep. Just that one, just that one performance. <laughs> but <laughs> before I jump in with XG and stats and projections and nerdy robot shit, uh, what, what what's your guys like... Um, Take your temperature as far as like where the title race is at, where City's at, where Liverpool is at. How are we feeling about what they've done in the last like five matches, let's say, and how it looks going forward? I love the fact that it can go to the last day of the season. Like, has it has it gone to the last day of the season since Man City's first year? I don't think since whenever that was. It feels like there's been pretty big margins, yeah. Yeah, there's like last day of the season, it's always wrapped up. It always seems to be one of the relegation spots and maybe fourth place that is kind of something in. But this year, you know, if Cardiff can win this week uh, and Brighton lose, obviously, we can have a relegation spot, a fourth place that people are playing for and the top of the league. So there's actually some sort of stories everywhere of what can go on. And the simple fact is that, I, I, I can't see Man City or Liverpool losing any of the ne- of their next two games. So what are those two games? Why don't you fill us in because it looks like you have the schedule in front of you. Um, yeah, so Liverpool have got Newcastle away and then I believe Wolves at home. Newcastle away, they've been fairly, in, in recent times anyway, they've been quite good at St James's Park, although Liverpool can obviously take apart teams and Wolves have proved they're very adept at taking down uh, top six sides as shown from their... What's the word I'm looking for? Results. Uh, begins with D. Um, dicking of <laughs> Arsenal, um, who have just fully collapsed after uh, Resident Punching Bag came on the pod. So, good one, Adam P. Congratulations for fucking up Arsenal's top four hopes. Um, and Man City have uh, Leicester at home and Brighton away uh, on the last game of the season. So... Now that Man City have got through that United, I mean, Oscar, I know you always look at the stats and bring up like the 538 models, but surely there's a bigger swing now than 50-50 as it basically was. Oh, there sure fucking is. Yeah. The projected title odds right now or title chances after the United result and given probably both of them are just going to win out. I think that's probably where these numbers are coming from. Mm-hmm. It is 82% to Man City. Ooh. Yeah. 82. So... Even though it's only one point in it, like 92 points on City, 91 for Liverpool. Ah, fuck, man. It feels like Leicester are Liverpool's only hope, really, doesn't it? Yeah, although Liverpool, I would argue, have the harder schedule there with Wolves, like Chuck was just saying. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely do. But, you know, Brendan Rodgers, can he finally, in in a way, by proxy, win the league for Liverpool? I don't know. But yeah, because Leicester are in a very rich vein of form. You know, they've they've really started to be much more of an attacking team. Vardy loves scoring against um, decent teams. He does, and Leicester have previous against City as well. They've got, I think they've done a double over him a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, but for all of Leicester's red hot form, City and Liverpool are both in ridiculous form. Both of them five wins in five. But look at, let me just jump in with some numbers here. City are two point six. 0.5 against United, fine. 2.1, 2.9, and 3.5 in their last matches generated XG. Giving up 0.1, 0.5, 1.2, 0.3, so, and 0.1. And the one that was above one was against Tottenham. Liverpool, meanwhile, are 3.6, 2.4, 1.2, 2.0, and 1.1 generated. 
And then this is where sort of the weakness comes in, despite all the clean sheets. The difference, I think, has been uh, Liverpool, 0.2 to Huddersfield, 1.1 to Cardiff, 0.9 to Chelsea, 0.8 to Southampton, and 1.1 to Tottenham, conceding XG. So, like, those are all basically at about 1.0. It looks like they're supposed to be conceding a goal a game. Yeah, approximately. And those do match up. So they both played Tottenham. Uh, City generated 2.1. Liverpool only generated 1.1. They both conceded 1.1, 1. 1.2. Um, I'm looking at United and Chelsea are probably about equivalent fixtures. City gave up 0.5. Liverpool gave up 0.9. So, you know, that's more right there. You got, uh, let's see, Cardiff and Cardiff. They both played Cardiff. City gave up 0.1 to Cardiff. Liverpool, 1.1 to Cardiff, so a whole extra goal. Like, you're going kind of similar fixture for similar fixture. The Burnley-Southampton pretty much tied in the table. City gave up 0.1 to Burnley. Liverpool gave up 0.8. So, like, you know, those are pretty comparable. Like, within those five fixtures, there's one that you can kind of match up with everything, and City have scored more and conceded less in all five of those fixtures. So, when City are firing and they're the best, they are just the best, like... It's, it, it would take a fluke and it could be, you know, that potentially one does it and so does the other one because Liverpool play first this weekend um, and obviously everybody plays the same time uh, for the last game of the season. Yeah. I am enjoying the relief on Liverpool's, like Liverpool players and fans' faces when they score the first goal in a match. Oh my like, God, the way they celebrated that goal against Cardiff, uh, Huddersfield, sorry. Against Huddersfield, it's like, yeah, yeah, you scored after 15 seconds, but my God, that's ridiculous to celebrate that much against Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, but there's no room for error. Like, I can't even imagine the immense pressure. Against pressure. Huddersfield. If either team drops a single Against Huddersfield. Point. Huddersfield, we've won three games all season. And if you take out Wolves, Huddersfield have won one game all season. <laughs> He'll just talk over you. Like, I'm yeah. not listening to that. It's Huddersfield. You don't celebrate that much. I don't know. I don't blame them. Like, just the sheer, sheer nervousness. Nerves? That they must be feeling? Yeah. It's just like, it's. I, I, there's nothing that I've ever experienced even remotely close to what they're going through. On both teams. Because they can't, even a draw would, like, fucking cost them the title at this point. Um, If City were to lose it, Comparing to if Liverpool were to lose it, which one do you think would be more hard done by? I mean, all of us, if Liverpool win it, will be incredibly hard done by. Because <laughs> we'll have to listen to it forever, forever. I mean, it's already bad enough that all that's going to happen now if they don't win it is we were the team that got 97 points, like, but you didn't win the league. That will just be doing the rounds everywhere. And, you know, there's there's a situation where a team can get 97 points lose one game in a season, in a 38-game season, and not win the league. It's baffling. This is on a par with the mentalness, almost as like the Leicester winning the league thing, of trying to explain this to someone, like how this happens. It's insane. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to feel sorry for whoever, because the margins are so fine. I mean, Man United's goal against um, Burnley last uh, last week was how far over the line? It was centimetres, wasn't it? 2.197 yeah. or yeah, it was, something Yeah, something like ridiculous. That. I mean, the margins are so fine this season that 
you yeah you've got to feel sorry forever uh, who would be most hard done by if they don't win it city would be most hard done by based on current form but i mean either team is either team on any other season would have smashed it so yeah absolutely smashed it i think i agree with you guys i think i would say if city lose they would be the more hard done by because the consistency feels like well, I say consistency. Maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way because, like you say about uh, like Chuck said about Liverpool, they've only what they've only lost once. Once, yeah. So One they've game. drawn what must be six or seven times. Seven then. games, right? Seven draws. So twenty-eight wins, seven draws, and one loss to Man City's thirty wins, two draws, and four losses. Right. I don't know what I'm arguing for there then, consistency-wise. <laughs> I'm not sure, not sure what I'm pulling for. So I think to me that speaks to the conversation I've had about Arsenal's Invincibles season, where it's like, yeah, fuck off. You still drew like half the season. Like, I don't care that you didn't <laughs> lose. Like, I'll take City's four losses over Liverpool's seven draws any day of the week. Like, and I mean, literally the points bear that out. Like, just more points is more impressive. And City just feel like they're ending the season stronger as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they did have that that really bad slump in like December when Fernandinho was out. And then even after he came back, we were like, what the fuck's going on with city? I don't understand. But I think to sort of go to a stats angle on it, um, city are basically exactly performing slash overperforming a very, very, very small amount. So they've generated 90.4 XG and they've scored 90. So that's dead on. And then conceded 25 XGA and only conceded actually 22. So, you know, off by three goals. Um, but Liverpool, man, Liverpool are plus eight on their XG. So they've generated 76. They've scored 84. So they're pretty significantly overperforming. And they're minus seven on their XGA. So they've conceded 27, only actually conceded 20 goals. So, like, Liverpool have been amazing, but the underlying numbers would indicate that they're not quite that amazing whereas City really are just an all-time great team like they were last year Pep's done an amazing job considering we were talking about Man City's squad possibly getting on a bit what he's done with them has been he's got a new lease of life out of a couple of players yeah and also like smoothly integrated the younger versions of them like specifically of Bernardo Silva like he came out of nowhere. I had never heard of him, really. Like, I, you had, like, vaguely heard of his yeah, name, yeah. but, like, he wasn't a name at all before showing up at City. And the season he's having this year, like, he is consistently in the lineup, consistently amazing. And, like, they they, they lost De Bruyne for so much of the season, and they barely fucking noticed. And full credit to Pep, on top of, you know, having a trillion dollars to, to buy players. Like, I, especially as a Chelsea fan, can't hold it against the team for having money. I don't think any 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 team can. Oh, I'm sorry because all of our clubs have a full academy promotions and all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah. off, getting on your high horse just because it was luck that someone picked to buy Man City or Chelsea. You're yeah. gonna get a B in your bonnet. Piss off. Yeah, some oligarch comes to Peterborough. I'm gonna send him on his way. <laughs> Especially if you get Rio as sporting director, mate. Fuck it right off. Oh, bring it on. Yeah. No, thank you. We like our small stadium and. No international fan base. All right, don't be slagging off the Ajax. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always sort of felt like City are are brothers in arms as far as like being hated for being an oil team. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to hate on them for having money, and and I have to give credit as much as I I hate it because I hate Pep. He's he, the job he's done with this squad, and with the players. Like, you know, you put Mourinho in that situation with those players, and he's not getting the same results. Mourinho had Pogba, who is I think the best player in the Premier League, and didn't know what the hell to do with him. Like, it's still nobody knows what to do with him, really. Like, just put him in a free role in the central midfield in a three. God, bring him to Chelsea and have him do what Conte's doing. Mm. Like, <laughs> it takes a good manager to bring the best out of elite talent. There's so many personalities in that dressing room. And they're all fighting for the club. Yeah, there's no talk of any unrest Dramas, at all, is there? beef, nothing. Yeah. No, and you see it in that documentary that was popular around the beginning of the year, right? Like, he really, really manages those personalities well, on top of being a tactical genius and playing a magic roundabout and blah, 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 I think blah, maybe blah, the blah, difference blah. is, if you look at the squad, like, he's the big personality as opposed to everyone else. It's kind of similar to Klopp. Or Mourinho back in the day. Klopp doesn't really have many... Yeah, but that's, but that's where Mourinho has always fallen down, is when he has those really strong personalities or people that want to do that. You know, if you look at recently with obviously Pogba and then beforehand whatever went on with Chelsea with, uh, you know, Costa and Hazard and, and Fabregas, if you believe all the rumours, etc. That like that can kind of bring someone down. But Pep, through his ways of recruiting, if you look, he doesn't have super strong um, people coming through that that can kind of challenge him in a way. So he kind of is very clever in that way of picking his squad and knowing that, right, if I'm going to get the most out of these people, they need to fit with what I do and not necessarily challenge him in a negative way because, you know, if they push him in, in, in the right way, it can it can be good for the whole club as opposed to being at loggerheads as is kind of coming out with Pogba and Mourinho and now mm-hmm. Pogba and Solskjaer. Does it feel like with Mourinho there was a real, there was a change at some point or am I just imagining it? Like, yeah, it was at Real Madrid. Yeah. Yeah, because I've I've watched him really closely because I fucking love the guy and like am eternally grateful for what he did for Chelsea and blah blah blah. Yeah. At Madrid, he's always been a spicy personality, let's say, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But the press, specifically at Madrid, and how intense the like media culture is in that very small city. Yeah. He got more and more defensive and antagonistic towards everyone, and there was more of a bitter edge a sort of resentment i would say that built up in his time at madrid and i think it basically broke him because even when he came like you got to remember when he came to chelsea the second time he was like i'm not the special one i'm the happy one now and when he said that i was like oh boy oh he's like he needs (laughs) therapy madrid fucking broke him that's interesting because i like there was his first stint at chelsea it was very much he built a siege mentality mm-hmm. and if there was any criticism towards the players he would always do or say something outrageous and absorb that criticism himself he would always make himself the center of the story so as his players weren't and then yeah okay maybe it's post madrid then it seems like now he'll he'll be far quicker to lash out at his own players yeah. in the press than create a siege mentality yeah it's always been a siege mentality with him that's his like number one go to but the players used to be inside the walls. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they're <laughs> yeah, okay. now it's a castle he's of one. laying siege to the players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it went from us against the world to me against the world. And, you know, I think he really just needs like a couple of years off and he can come back like actually as a more well-balanced person if he has some therapy. 
because he still like genuinely could be the best manager in the world. I fully believe that about Mourinho. But he needs to go back to where how he was at Chelsea and at Inter. And sure, even if he only does three seasons everywhere, like he did at Chelsea and he did at Inter, like he didn't leave those clubs worse off. Whereas he no. very much did that with Chelsea the second time. Yeah. Yeah. And then United now. Yeah. They had a little bounce, but their numbers are not good. And you can see it. It's the, We talked about this last week. The numbers are catching up to them. So right. We all sort it right out. Yeah. yeah we'll direct <laughs> the sport. That went all sorts of directions, that conversation. I like it when it goes out. Yeah. So on that note, I think we'll uh, take a break and get some coffee and beer and energy drinks and all the other good stuff. <laughs> we'll come back in a bit for part two. So stick around. Welcome back to Miles Offside Pod, where we've done a lot about football. Yeah, that's right. We're getting good at this. In part two, as you know, we start off with Mr. Ian Stimson and his social media segment, where you can get in touch with us from all different ways, be that on Twitter at Miles Offside Pod, on our Facebook page, Miles Offside Pod at Gmail. No, what is it? Oh, no, no. Gmail.com. It's going so well. Oh, I forget. Why <laughs> do I... So I well. literally spend half my day sending emails and then I go to do our email address and I forget it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. It's past my bedtime. And you can also become a patron of the pod um, and join an elite club, an elite fighting force, the <laughs> children of the future, um, at patreon.com forward slash Pod. Mr. Ian Stimson, super producer. So, big news. This week, we reached a threshold I wasn't sure we'd ever get to. 100 down... No. (laughs) 10,000 downloads for our little podcast. (laughs) Which is ridiculous. And that doesn't count Patreons and Spotify. Does it count my mum's thousand accounts she set up? Oh, shit. Yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) 10k downloads, though. That is ridiculous for something we just started as a hobby. So we're Does that very make happy. us experts now? Because, you know, 10,000 hours is like the thing. Whereas if you do something 10,000 times, don't you? Or is it 100,000? No, it's 10,000, it's 10, but we've only done 40 pods. So. Yeah, but it's been listened to for a total of 10,000 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fine. We're experts. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> cool. Uh, so, but anyway, thank you to everyone that's bothered to listen to us. We seem to have a hardcore of listeners that listen all the time, and we're very grateful to you. We'd be even more grateful if you went to patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod and give us some money. And even if not, if you can give us a review, we understand. Obviously, some of you might play for Bolton. Times could be hard, <laughs> so don't worry about patronage. Um, reviews yeah, are free. Five-star review. Talk is cheap. Crack on. Exactly. Five-star review, a subscription, all fine. All fine. All good stuff. So we have got some plans as well. We are doing some end-of-season awards in a couple of weeks' time. So uh, we'd like to know what categories you think you might like to hear about. You can get in touch with us everywhere, Chuck said. We've got sort of ideas of best worst transfer, best worst celebration. So send send some categories in. Or send some nominations in, and we can consider what we what we would want to do for our end of season awards. Over summer, we are probably going to 
do a few mini episodes that are maybe not going to be so football related. Not like us, is it? No, not really. Really? No. No, probably talk about food and that. Mm. Well, it'll be like no more Game of Thrones to talk about. No. But we are expanding. Our Oscar here is um, branching out and we're starting a podcast network. So let's have a listen to what Oscar's new project is going to be. In a world where a man was on a podcast that literally some people listen to, comes another podcast that hopefully some people will listen to, starring that man and his wife and also another man. And they're all nerds. Are they nerdy? Yes. Are they going to talk about nerdy things? You bet. There's Star Wars. And will they bring up Harry Potter frequently? They sure will. Also, am including probably uh, Marvel and Lord of the Rings and and also Game of Thrones and um and more than those five things. Yes, other nerdy things. The Miles Offside Podcast proudly presents. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> The Nerdy Nerd Chronicles. Be nerdy. Be proud. Nerdy Nerd Chronicles, eh? What is what is this? Tell me more. Tell me more, Oscar. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, they always say that a good husband does what his wife tells him to do. <laughs> happy and, wife, uh, happy Emily life. Had, yeah, <laughs> Emily had so much fun recording the Game of Thrones episode with us that she was like, we should do this all the time. And I was like, you know what? It would be great to talk about nerdy stuff, not just every couple of weeks when we don't have any content for Miles <laughs> Offside, but on a regular basis. And so the two of us and my very, very good friend, uh, Patrick, who I went to high school with and who was one of my uh, groomsmen. P-Butts! Yep, P-Butts uh, are going to be <laughs> launching this podcast together. So yeah, uh, first episode should be coming out this week. We will be going through and talking about Avengers Endgame. And the recent mega super episode of Game of Thrones, The Battle for Winterfell, and sort of analyzing those two things separate from each other and also together in the context of the nerd culture and the things happening right now. It just felt like a good time to launch. You know, for us, we use the World Cup as an entry point. Yeah. Um, And this is just like everyone has nerd fever right now with Avengers and with Thrones. So it's, it seemed like a good entry point. So. Yeah, check that out later in the week. If I can be any good at all at editing audio and combining different feeds the way Mr. Super Producer Ian Ooh, Stimson We does. shall see. Might be <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Chuck, this feels like this was always his plan, really. Just get get into the podcasting world via us, get 10,000 downloads, and then jettison us for what he actually wants to do. Feel used and abused. Yeah. Me too. Like a Kleenex down the back of it. Anyway. Um... If you ask nice, you can be guests on my other podcast from time to time. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Prick. But exciting news yeah, there. Yeah, lo- lots of stuff going on. Yeah, lots of stuff happening. We've got two podcasts now and we're, we might expand the stable further. Who knows? But for now, let's take some questions. Adam P got in touch, as he does, with a football question. Boo. 
<laughs> Would Oscar actually feel good about Chelsea qualifying for the Champions League, given it would mean Sarri almost certainly stays for next season and they're facing a transfer ban and so couldn't strengthen their side? Brackets, which would surely get humbled anyway. Yes. Do you want to respond to that essay? Oh, right, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, um... There is a race not to finish fourth. Are yeah. you going to win that race? Uh, I do think we will be more are more likely than Arsenal finish fourth, despite everyone stumbling. Um, we're stumbling I just, less. No, I just think everyone has come down with a severe case of British politeness. That's what I think has <laughs> happened. Like, no, 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 no. You go you first. Go. No, 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 no you go you. first. The team. No, you take fourth. It's like <laughs> Marcelo Bielsa, but on a league structure format. <laughs> just saying, no, give them the full points. <laughs> Ips, 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 ips. Oh, oh yeah, I couldn't pronounce Ipswich. That was hilarious. Google Marcelo Bielsa, try and say Ipswich. Carry on, Oscar. I can barely say Ipswich, and I <laughs> speak English as my native language, so... Just, go- just Google. Anyway, carry on. Um, yeah, after the week that these four clubs have had, where everyone is just increasingly shit, and Arsenal especially so... We are now Chelsea seventy two percent projected to make the top four, so that's a pretty solid projection. Although again, these teams are all dropping points like crazy, so anything could happen. But I'm pretty happy with seventy two percent. Did you see Sevilla's tweet um, saying if uh, if none of you guys want uh, fourth Champions League spot, we'll have it? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. brilliant. As far as actually getting in, I think Chelsea are the favorites, both in terms of the top four over Arsenal and also the favorites to win. The uh, Europa League, so I think there's a very, very, very high likelihood that we will be in there. Um, Arsenal, apparently, I'm just looking at the projections now, aren't even favorites to make it through their semifinal tie. They're slightly less favored than Valencia, 53 to 47%. But So Arsenal have got Valencia, and who have Chelsea got in the other Europa League? Side? Eintracht. Eintracht Frankfurt. Okay. Yeah. So does that mean Sarri stays then? As in, yeah. like, do you think that's what guarantees it? No, I think Sarri's staying anyway at this point. They, I think they made that decision. They had their chance to fire him, and they didn't take it. Yeah. And so I think that, to me, that signaled strongly that he's just sticking around, um, which I've kind of started to try to make my peace with, at least on some level. <laughs> um, and then as far as, like, getting humbled next year in the Champions League, which he's not wrong, there's, you know, we probably wouldn't do that well. The silver linings there would be, one, Eden Hazard's winky face quotes that he's been giving recently. I don't know if you guys Jeez. caught this in his yeah. post-mass press conference. Wanky face. But he was basically like... I'll be playing in the Champions League next year, and Chelsea will be playing in the Champions League the year, and we should be playing together in the Champions League next year. It was basically like what he was saying. So the implication being, I think, that if we can make the Champions League, he'll stay. I don't know. It's hard to read between the lines with him, but it certainly helps. So your reverse jinx to get Arsenal in there. <laughs> Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> Poor old Adam. Poor young Adam. Horribly young Adam. <laughs> but he's got another question. Thanks, Adam. Um... not a football one football related would you rather be locked in a room with Michael Owen whilst he reads a chapter on mitochondria from a textbook right trapped in an elevator right yeah trapped in an elevator with Graham Soonis after telling him you think Pogba is world class or Wayne Hennessy's PR agent as Hennessy's PR agent would I have to double up as a history teacher apparently yes well that was uh, that was something that came out that there was a Wayne Hennessy tweet from ages ago about World War One that was quite learned, like he'd been to Belgium or something. Mm. And then, so what? He just he lo- he loved history, 
1920 cut off. You watch Titanic, but you don't really need to watch a sequel, do you? That was maybe that was his kind of approach. And yes, you can check it. There's a Titanic too. Um, <laughs> God. Yeah. Um. I. Yeah. That we never really spoke about that once it no. carried on, did we? And I. No. Did, it's one of the few times I thought Paul Mercer sounded educated about something because oh, was, yeah. there was Troy. Was I think it was Troy Deeney appealed a red card for an elbow. And they questioned Paul Merson on whether he should or not. And he's like, well, there's people getting bans rescinded for not knowing about World War Two. So, <laughs> yeah, you want, he said you want to go in after him. Don't yeah. <laughs> Last bloke didn't know what Nazis were. Brilliant. Yeah. Tried to claim he didn't know what who Hitler was. So, I mean, to be honest, I, I am going to pick Wayne Hennessy's PR agent because fuck me. I bet he's paid a ton of money after that. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like it'd probably be a laugh as well, didn't it? Just in a meeting, just going... Should we just say you didn't know who Hitler was? Yeah, go yeah, on. sod it. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Um, trapped in an elevator with Graham Soonis after telling him you think Pogba is world class. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a scary situation. I'd fear for my life. Yeah. Nah, I'd pick that one. Really? really? Oh yeah, yeah, big time. I'll just throw numbers at him until he gets so confused and scared. That wouldn't take too long, I suppose. Yeah, and I don't think he would get scared. I don't think he knows what fear is. Well, he wouldn't get scared, but numbers would probably freak him out. Yeah, he'd just get, he'd just get overwhelmed with me throwing XG stats at him. He'd be in the corner crying by the time I'm done with him. <laughs> Fetal position. No more numbers, please. That's what I do. That's basically what bold. happens to you guys. <laughs> and Michael Owen, could he, re- could he say the word mitochondria? It could be quite entertaining watching him, you know read a book about respiration and energy transfer and ATP and all that bullshit. Oh, hello. The powerhouse of the cell. In it. That's... Yeah. You're full of surprises, you are, chap. A-level biology, mate. Me and all. Yeah, when does your when does our biology podcast start, chap? That's what yeah, I want to know. that's what I want to know. <laughs> the bloody eco-twins. <laughs> eco-lads. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll workshop it. Eco-bants. No? <laughs> like I say... <laughs> We're just spitballing. We're just free flowing. It's like, yeah. You're like ding, ding, ding. I'm about to boom, boom, boom. Chuck, don't act like you haven't dreamed of starting a sock talk full podcast. I did, right here. Okay. Um, this one's just put in for me, obviously. But Patron Sam Danby asked, "Did Ian win a draft league by luck, or is he a draft genius?" You now, didn't you, win a draft league. You guys don't know this, but you didn't win a draft league. Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, two, mate. So the well, I suppose all- you are winning our one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, our weird one, yeah. Uh, the Always Cheating Guys who do uh, an FPL podcast, which I think they just got to a million downloads. That's almost 10,000, Does that right? make them, like, super experts or just legit good at this? Yeah. I best, best not think about it. Um, Let's not pull at that thread. Yeah. So um, they have a Slack and... Um, like chat chat basically and um they set up a draft league and there was an american league and a european league uh each just six teams playing fpl draft and uh i've taken sort of inspiration from oscar and actually put some effort in and uh i won the european league so then that went into a sort of the three top three teams of each went into a premier league and a championship and we're going to start a whole sort of league pyramid structure and i won the premier league this this week as well Thank you. Excellently done. 
So is it on Fantrax or is it like... No, it's FPL draft, so it's just six teams oh. in each league. Yeah, I know. I see. I knew a draft purist <laughs> wouldn't be happy with that. But I had to crowbar that in. You always win the draft leagues you're in. And this was my first proper, proper crack at it. I, l- I love a good draft game much more than regular FPL. Yeah, much, much fun. more than regular FPL. It was FPL. fun. Required proper weekly thought. And with only yeah. six teams, you can. there was always a good player pool to pick up from. We should do a Fantrax league next year for us and like maybe Patreon subscribers. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, there you go then. Another reason. Another reason to become a patron on patreon.com slash milesoffsidepod. I'll, uh, I'll annoy Chuck for weeks at a time until he reluctantly agrees to be in it. He plays for one week and then stops paying attention to the team. Yeah, there you go. easy win every week. Yeah, exactly. Just providing a service there. So obviously I just had to crowbar that one into because no, no one else is going to say well done. So And neither did you, really. But Not really. No, no. We can move on. You got polite applause. Now fucking move on. <laughs> I mean, at your age, you know, you have the wisdom to win things easily, so it's not that impressive. Yeah. Backhanded compliment. I... Phil Collins... <laughs> still there. Oh god, that's going to be weeks. That is fucking fuming. I do like Genesis though. Yeah, and you can't dance. <laughs> that much is true. And uh, regular contributor and sometime guest, not like me, sometime, but sometime guest. Yeah, you're like more time guest. More time. Okay, can you put that into your intro then, Oscar? More time. More time guest. Okay. Uh, Dave Matteo uh, asks, what is your lemonade to beer ratio for a shandy? I mean, this is Chuck's area, really. What are you trying to say? You're calling me a Ponzi Southerner? Oh, blimey. That touched that a nerve. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 50-50. That's the, only, that's the only ratio for a shandy. Yeah, that's what I assumed. But like, I've, I've asked for a shandy for the wife, obviously, not myself. For the wife, the lady, <laughs> a couple of times recently, and it's been more like it's been more like a lager tops. No, see, this isn't a thing, Oscar. Your face is very null at this point. You do know what these things are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have shandies over here, although they're a relatively new. I don't want to say invention because obviously we didn't invent it, but like I hadn't heard of them for a long time, and then all of a sudden they started popping up in the summertime. Um, it's definitively. I don't know how it is over there, but it's definitively a summertime drink over here. Um, no one would ever dream of having a shandy in the winter when there's a foot of snow on the ground. Yeah, it's more of a driving drink over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I was going to do a ratio for my shandy, I would clearly do 1.618033988875 to 1. Shout out to all my math nerds out there. <laughs> Someone, golden ratio. You're doing the golden no. ratio of feet. Yeah, it's the golden ratio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. It's in, that'll be in harmony with nature. Why are you bringing that fee shit up, yo? <laughs> I am at one with nature. I don't know. You said ratio. I don't care about shandies, but I was like, oh, I'll make a math joke. It sounds pretty good to me. It sounds like a pretty good ratio. It might be. You might have found the perfect shandy. Somebody try it. Tweet at us. Let us know how it is. 1.66 to 1. Uh, sorry, not 1.66. 1. 1.618. 1.8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. Golden ratio. Like, shit, Fucking that's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, you can't even get your own nerd shit right. I know. Doesn't bode well for your offshoot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that wraps up uh, the questions this week. So um, usually at this point, we would do the Predictor League, Chuck. But I haven't bothered to do it because I thought for more suspense, I'd leave it to the end of the season now. So Raph will be running the numbers for himself, but no one else will know where they're at. Yeah, I mean, 
Uh, I'm wondering because yeah, we did find that out that Raf had started to work out his own numbers and kind of to see, but with no kind of relative information to go with that. I thought it'd be quite good to see now that we're kind of in sight and there's only three week, two weeks left. Sorry. Okay. That we're gonna build the suspense up to see who does indeed win the fifty-one pound gift card. We're we gonna leave it till the end now, then. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it till the end. Because mostly then I can just hide it. If Ian's won, I can just like hide it a bit, and then we'll just give it to second place without telling him. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. If I win this, I need. I mean, I'm, I don't need the fifty-one pound. I mean, I do need the fifty-one pounds, but <laughs> well, you'd only get thirty-four pound. Yeah, of course, because some of it would be from me, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I just want the glory of winning. I've won a draft league. Peterborough beat Pompey today. Let's keep the winning going. Let's keep on. Well, imagine if imagine if Peterborough get into the promotion spots. Actually, that's where we'll have to carry on, won't we? Because if if Peterborough in a playoff push, yeah, that will go past the end of the season, and that will fill at least four minutes of content. Every week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget the Europa League, huh? Mm. Yes. No one cares. I don't. I barely care. Who cares about that? No. If it's a Chelsea Arsenal final, we're gonna have to cover that. And when's that? I don't know. He doesn't care enough. Just because he's in it. Yeah. May 29. Wow, that's late. Well, you you can do a pod, Oscar. You you know, you just can edit by myself. You don't need me anymore. You don't need me either, evidently. So Just salty. your wife and so your best salty. mate from forever. <laughs> and now the end is now. <laughs> so, anyway, sorry. Um, but yeah, so we won't be doing Predictor League. So suck it if you've been waiting on the edge of your seat for this long. Thanks Adam for sticking P. around. Um, Are we doing fixtures? Yeah, fixtures. Fixtures. We go to week 37 of the Ooh, Premier League season. We're getting, oh, close nearly now. Made we're getting it. real close. Well, coming up this weekend, we have the big one that everybody's been waiting for. Cardiff v. Palace. The big one. The one that every Palace fan is debating whether they actually want to win this game or not. <laughs> um, and I'm still not sure. There's there's the element of pride where I think, you know, we should be going for the maximum amount of points. But then also, if we Already lose... Already one of your best seasons ever. Just fuck Brighton over. Uh, that could just be like... Chef's kiss kind of <laughs> good stuff. And Brighton have Arsenal, so they're pretty likely to get points there, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. At the minute, yeah. Classic Arsenal. Messing everything up. But to go through the list, we do have Everton versus Burnley on a Friday kickoff again. Ugh. Fuck Burnley. A massive yawn of a game. It's going to bin off Friday kickoffs. Yeah, that, it's when they put these games on telly. Like yeah. like last week, like, yeah, okay, it's Liverpool-Huddersfield and people want to see Liverpool, but do you want to see that game, really? A game that was literally over after less than a minute? <laughs> um, anyway, then we've got Bournemouth and Spurs, West Ham-Southampton, Wolves-Fulham, Cardiff-Crystal Palace, Newcastle-Liverpool, then Chelsea-Watford, Huddersfield-Man United, Arsenal-Brighton, and Man City-Leicester on the Monday. I mean, we are left now with... Quite a lot of nothing fixtures and a couple of relevant ones, aren't we? Yeah, so obviously Liverpool, Newcastle, and City Leicester are just... We've talked about how important they are, how they can't afford to drop any points. Um, And then in terms of the relegation race, insofar as there might be one, you got Cardiff need to get points against Palace. But they really are, like, astronomically 
high to to go down. Like it's pretty much done. Yeah, if they don't if they don't win this week, that's it. It's over. Sunday is pretty much for obviously other than the title race, which we already talked about, which is actually the most important thing. Sunday is going to be a big day for the top four. Yeah, well, all four to six feature. Yeah, and I mean Spurs play on Saturday, but they're already kind of gone, so it is four four five and six, like you just said. <laughs> Anything can happen with Chelsea Watford. And honestly, Arsenal Brighton also, like because Brighton are are playing hard for points. Yeah, and I can get that between Chelsea Watford and and Arsenal and Brighton, but just the fact that I don't know, my brain is even entertaining the notion that Man United can somehow <laughs> mess up on that Sunday. It's just amazing. That like, would be Hudders- pretty delightful. Huddersfield. No, some very important fixtures in there albeit amongst a lot of dross. But then this is the time of year where you do just get those mental 5-4 games out of nowhere because teams just trade blows and go crazy. I mean, who was it? Was it two seasons ago when we had like that West Brom Man United 5-0 or something like that? Yeah, Lukaku got like a hat-trick in 10 minutes at the end of the game. Wasn't that Ferguson's last game? I believe it was, yeah. Oh, was it? Dan, was it that that long ago? Yeah, it was Ferguson's last game. Was that crazy one, yeah. Wow. It was the year after the Aguero. Oh wow, that's that's crazy that it's that it's been so long. Jokes aside from apart from Huddersfield Man United, is there any result that you think might get a shock that would have major implications somewhere? I, I fear Watford. I do fear Watford. Just because I don't trust Chelsea to do their job. Everything everything's bad. Everything's bad. last game of the season at home though, surely there's gotta be something. Yeah, I guess. What Watford might be saving themselves for cup final as well. You... Yeah. That's true. true. That's very true. You might get away with that one. How about uh, in the League One, Ian? Any important stuff happening this weekend? Yep, it's gone to the final day now. So Peterborough are playing Burton. They're a decent team. And Doncaster, who we need to uh, drop points, are playing Coventry, who are also a decent team. But neither of them have got anything to play for now. Uh, But... We yeah, if Doncaster win, it's in their hands. If Doncaster win, Peterborough have definitely got another season in League One. If they draw and we win, and that's if they basically drop points and we win, that's the only situation that Peterborough sneak into the playoff spots. And I so desperately want it to happen. Like Finley's eight now. I was eight when I went to Wembley and Peterborough won the Division Three playoff final against Stockport County. Wow. Well, they weren't well before the year before the Premier League, um, and I just think there's some symmetry there. I want to take my boy to Wembley for a League One playoff final, so desperately. And if that doesn't get everyone on board and believe in an honorary Peterborough fans for the weekend, like come on, come on, look out for those results. We need Doncaster to slip up, and we have to win. And Ian will do the next podcast naked. In his pants. Yeah, do a Gary Lineker. He'll do a, he'll do a Lineker. And <laughs> I won't shit myself. No. <laughs> oh, I'm out so then. He certainly won't shit himself. And on that, you know, revelation that you're quite glad we do this, not in the visual medium, I think that's the perfect time to say goodbye. So thank you very much for this week, guys. Great to speak to you as ever. 10K. 10K. Woo! Yay! Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. Bye.